Good morning, and welcome to today's Tech 5 Coffee Break with Ben Harrison. We live in a rapidly changing and confusing world of technology and media reporting that affects every one of us, both today and far into the future. Think back. How many times have you made plans for a special event like a wedding, a camping trip in Algonquin Park, or a family weekend at the cottage? only to be frustrated by rain, thunder, and lightning. Lacking anyone else to blame, we tend to direct our anger towards the weather person, who forecasted nothing but blue skies and sunshine. There's a lot of professions during my life that I thought I'd like to be part of, but meteorology and weather forecasting is not one of them. Weather forecasting is the prediction of the weather through application of the principles of physics, supplemented by a variety of statistical and empirical techniques. In addition to predic uh, predictions of atmospheric phenomena themselves, weather forecasting includes predictions of changes on Earth's surface caused by atmospheric conditions, for example, snow and ice cover, storm, tides, and floods. For millennia, people have tried to forecast the weather. In 650 BC, the Babylonians predicted the weather from cloud patterns, as well as astrology. In about 350 BC, Aristotle described weather patterns in Meteorologica. And later, Theophrastus compiled a book on weather forecasting called the Book of Signs. Chinese weather prediction lore extends at least as far back as 300 BC. There are few other scientific enterprises as vital or affect as many people as those related to weather forecasting. From the days when early humans ventured from caves and other natural shelters, perceptive individuals in all likelihood became leaders by being able to detect nature's signs of impending change in the weather. In a sense, Weather forecasting is still carried out in basically the same way as it was by the earliest humans, namely by making observations and predicting changes. The modern tools used to measure temperature, pressure, wind, and humidity in the 21st century would certainly amaze them, and the results obviously are better. Yet even the most sophisticated numerically calculated forecast made on a supercomputer requires a set of measurements of the condition of the atmosphere, an initial picture of the temperature, wind, and other basic elements, somewhat comparable to that formed by our ancestors when they looked out of their cave dwellings. The Greek philosophers had much to say about meteorology, and many who subsequently engaged in weather forecasting no doubt made use of their ideas. Unfortunately, they probably made many bad forecasts, because Aristotle, who was the most influential, did not believe that wind is air in motion. He did believe, however, that west winds are cold, because they blow from the sunset. The basis for weather predictions started with the theories of the ancient Greek philosophers and continued with Renaissance scientists. The scientific revolution of the 17th and 18th century and the theoretical models of 20th and 21st century atmospheric scientists and meteorologists developed the synoptic idea of characterizing the weather over a large region at exactly the same time in order to organize information about prevailing conditions. 
The term synoptic is derived from the Greek word meaning general or comprehensive view. The synoptic weather map came to be the principal tool of 19th century meteorologists and continues to be used today in weather stations and on television weather reports around the world. <coughs> Excuse me. Weather forecasting became an important tool for aviation during the 20s and 30s. And in 1939, the U.S. Navy's Meteorological Service made it a model of support for naval aviation. One of the most famous wartime forecasting problems was for Operation Overlord, the invasion of the European mainland at Normandy by Allied forces. An unusually intense June storm brought high seas and gales to the French coast, but a moderation of the weather enabled General Dwight D. Eisenhower to make his critical decision to invade on June 6, 1944. Technology provided the means with which to test new and scientific ideas, such as using small radio transmitters with balloons, borne instruments speeding up to the upper air. These radio zones, as they came to be called, gave rise to the upper air observation networks that still exist today. A major breakthrough in meteorological measurement came with the launching of the first meteorological satellite by the United States in April of 1960, and thus began the age of satellite in weather prediction. Whereas medium-range forecasts that provide information five to seven days in advance were impossible before satellites began making global observations. When people wait under a shelter for a downpour to end, they're making a very short-range weather forecast. They're assuming, based on past experience, that such hard rain usually does not last very long. Short-range weather forecasting generally tend to lose accuracy as forecasters attempt to look further ahead in time. Predictive skill is greatest for periods of about 12 hours and is still quite substantial for 48-hour predictions. Whether data from the roof of the world has become a point of pride for nations in a way that Everest some as once were. At the top of Mount Everest, after seven months of producing important data, the highest weather station on Earth succumbed to extreme conditions. Now, reinforced against the wind and roughly 160 feet lower than Everest summit, a replacement weather station is running on the peak's southeast side it took three hours to install by a National Geographic Society climbing team, braving steady winds and warmed by 24-volt batteries in their down suits. The new station now has three separate and now stronger and better anchored wind sensors. It says climate scientists and team members Tom Matthews, whose right fingers themselves went wooden with frostbite during the ascent. We have a good chance of measuring a full winter's wind, the National Geographic Explorer explained. But bottom line, as we end today's program, will your daughter's wedding, planned for the Labor Day weekend this year, be a super sunny weekend? Well, let's hope so. But just in case, do have umbrellas and a garden tent ready. You've been listening to Tech 5 with... Ben Harrison from Muskoka's only nonprofit radio station, Hunters Bay Radio, 88.7 FM.